and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, good morning. No. <laughs> it's dark outside. No. In fact, not only it's cold, is it too. dark outside, it is incredibly cold. We had a cold front, didn't we? Yeah, and it's supposed to get back into the 50s and 60s by like tomorrow. Yeah, thankfully. Thankfully. It's I not... actually like the cold. Tonight, it was, or either last night or tonight, it was supposed to drop down to like 19 degrees, which I know any of our listeners mm. in any other part of the country is like, oh no, like that, that's your low, that was our high, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, I get it, I don't disagree, but we're New Mexico, like we, 119, sure, that's hot. But I'd rather deal with 119 than 19. Oh, no, no. I'd rather, oh, deal, I would. I'd rather deal with 19 than 119. As I always tell my wife when we talk about the difference between the summer and the, the freaking winter and stuff like that. Yep. You need to... I'd rather be cold because I can put more layers on to yep. be warm. There's only so sure. many layers I can ta- uh, take off before it becomes illegal and I get a charge. Well, here's the thing, too. <laughs> Nature and your home provide shade. When it's warm, that helps. Not, when it's cold, your only option uh, is lighting stuff on fire. Not necessarily. Yes, your house does provide shade, but if you have no airflow in the house, uh, say you can't open your windows and your doors, it, if it's 119, the shade is only going to provide it to be 109. I'm still going to yeah. be... And with the doors and, and windows open, I have to have layers on still. 109 is... Definitely more than comfortable. Oh, no, it is not. <laughs> it is not comfortable at all. Oh, it's huge. You it's are insane. <laughs> oh, you yeah. like it so much, move to Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like uh, Viewers who are watching us live or watching the video feed can clearly see I'm wearing my jacket. Yeah. That's just because I had to drive here and my heater went out. My AC works great, though. It still <laughs> works great, even right now. And I, I, it would be warmer if I rolled down my windows and just stuck my head out the, <laughs> the window. Yeah. Catch all the the cold air. That would have been significantly better. But anyway, we're getting a, we're we're meandering right now. We're rambling. We want to welcome you to the podcast today. Uh, we have a fun episode. We're going to be doing a board game breakdown, one that we haven't done in a while. No, in fact, I think what we're going to start doing with the board game breakdowns themselves is we're going to move them to well, again, we've moved it originally this year mm-hmm. to the board game breakdown part of it, where they're doing the compare and contrast. Yes. Uh, which is actually what we're talking about, is we're doing a compare and contrast. And not only that, I think we're going to do them once a quarter. So the next yep. one you're going to see that we do is probably going to be about around May. Yeah, a few months from now. And so, but this one, two games that we both very much enjoy, and they have one very specific thing in common. This mm-hmm. is the board game breakdown for Gizmos and Potion Explosion. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, we've talked about, like, <laughs> In all honesty, we we don't understand the comparison between the two, mainly because they only no. really share kind of one main... Well, yeah, one main component, right, mm-hmm. and one generalized idea. Yeah. However, uh, going through it and uh, making my like point list and stuff like that, I see a lot of like similarities to a certain extent, mm-hmm. um, and I understand why some people compare them, and so... All we're going to do is give you as best of information that we can give you, and you can decide which one is the better fit for you. Cool. Awesome. So, uh, before we get into that, we want to jump into our wonderful segment that we do here. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about the news. And as we discussed before our podcast, I'll be starting off the news Mm -hmm. today, Yep. just because I wanted to talk about some of these things. One that was just announced very recently, I normally try to stick to not as many board game announcements. But man, I got three right here that I have to talk about. I, it's funny. It's funny. I had one board game. I took it off the list because I just got sent some information. I'm like, I'd rather talk about that. Yeah. Uh, and I I have some board games on here, uh, but I have some other news as well. Okay. Which I think is interesting. Awesome. And now I I don't know what news you have except for I know one thing that's on your <laughs> list. But we'll get to that when we cross that bridge. Yeah. The first one I want to talk about is a new card game that was announced based off of a board game that you and I really like. This is called Rahas of the Ganges. I figured this was going to be on yours. Yes. I put it on mine. Uh, d- uh, cards and Karma. Karma, yeah. Yeah, Cards and Karma. And the idea of this game is pretty simple. It's a card game, new version of Rahas of the Ganges, a game that you and I both really like. And we also like the dice game. Yep, and like it's also game. Inca and Marcus Brand again. Yep. So. yep, Inca and Marcus Brand again. 
And the and one of the things that I saw about this that was really intriguing to me is that they have not only just card-based version, you have the dice symbols that are on the cards, but you have multi-use cards. So the cards can either be used as their ability or their action or whatever they are, mm -hmm. or you can take them as the dice symbol, which will be used to trigger other things, things or yeah. uh, other parts that you need to do. Um, and there seems to be a lot of, like, you know, like, co-worker kind of, like, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but just kind of, like, almost, like, in order to get ahead, you have to, like, cooperate in certain ways or yeah, how yeah. you manipulate stuff. I mean, I, as soon as I had Rahas of the Ganges on the list, yeah. I, it's it's on my list. Uh, and then Illuminous, welcome. Uh, Brass overtook Gloomhaven year, a year ago, roughly. Uh, give or take, yeah. 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 There's a whole Hurrah, thing I about finally it. did. <laughs> <laughs> Showed them. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Yeah, absolutely. And your first piece? My first piece, uh, you kind of alluded to it just now. Uh, I'm a Stonemeyer fan. I like a lot of their you games. You are? Uh, as you can tell up there, you can't really see it. But you can see the, the big box, a wingspan right above your head. Just a little uh, image of the rooster, the le legs of the rooster yeah, there. Yeah, the legs in there. Uh, I'm looking forward to this next one. It looks interesting. Um, it's called Wormspan. It's basically a Wingspan spinoff. Uh, there is going to be a little bit more mechanistic changes uh, sure. compared to Wingspan. Uh, this one, you're going to be like excavating the caves where you're going to put the dragons. Uh, I like a, a lot of people are talking about like the name of Worm and someone, uh, stuff like that. I'm like, it makes sense. I read a lot of fantasy books growing up, and I still read fantasy books. And I've heard Worm as described for dragons for so long. Yeah. It makes much more sense to go with Wormspan rather than Dragonspan. Uh, the art looks interesting. I don't really care much how the boards themselves look. They're a little iffy, but it could make it look better with like the excavation and stuff like that. Sure. Um, they're a type of dragon, uh, basically a breed of dragon. Don't get me into this. We'll go into the whole spiel of things. Um, but it is, is a wingspan-based dragon. It's designed by Connie Vogelman, who just basically got on the map last year with Apiary, yep. her first game. Uh, developed by um, Elizabeth Hargrave. Elizabeth they actually Hargrave, worked yeah. really well together. And it's funny because um, Jamie Stegmaier was talking about it. He went to Elizabeth Hargrave and be like, would it be okay if we do this? And she was all for it because he really wanted to work with Connie um, uh, was her, uh, Vogelman. Vogelman again. Um, and so I saw, I thought that was kind of interesting that he really liked working with her and she had this idea and they were like, okay, we're going to develop this. Elizabeth Hargrave's like, knock you guys yourselves out. She actually did a lot of development work with uh, Connie Vogelman because they live near each other. So he oh, was talking cool. about something like that. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more complex, like I said, because the, the way the actions are working, you're paying with like coins and stuff like that to do certain things. Uh, there's an excavation charge, and then you also have to pay uh, the put the, the thing out there like a normal wingspan, the dragons. You have hatchlings that you're trying to grow, mm -hmm. and they're going to get you points depending on certain things. So a lot of different mechanistics that just kind of fall into the wingspan realm. But my big thing about this is like the pushback from everybody is like this is a money grab and this is all this and that. And I'm sitting there thinking like, really? This is the money grab? They're, they're changing mechanics uh, to yeah. a certain uh, mechanisms to a certain extent. There's more mechanistics. It's a little bit more complex. And you guys aren't giving grief to do an Imperium Uprising that only did slight changes. Uh, which became an expand alone, or yep. any of the how many monopoly uh, monopoly stuff uh, that's out there that are just reskins. So I'm just like, okay, now now this they're they're showing a lot of the changes. Yep. So now I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Jimmy Sigmeyer did a whole video um, about like the di main differences between the mm -hmm. two, showing off a lot of the stuff. I mean, I don't think that. Uh, I mean. I, as a stereotypical sense, I don't think this is a money grab. No. I really don't. Like, I, think I don't this think is this was made just to make money yeah. just to sell more copies of Wingspan. And the thing about it is, even if it is a money grab, that's what they're here for. Yeah, they're, they're a business. They're, they're a business. They're here to take our money. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Like, were any of the sequels to Azul money grabs? No. No. In fact, Queen's, <laughs> the Queen's Garden was mm. quite not the money yeah. grab. Yeah. I mean, you could tell that they were really just trying to push that mechanism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And Jamie Stegmaier is a friend of the podcast, mm -hmm. so, I mean, we got to give him a shout-out for that. Yeah. But, um, 
Exactly, I, Century Spice and Golem Edition, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's a great example. Different skin, um, plays exactly the same. Yeah, literally the same game. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing that I would normally argue against this is that wingspan makes sense because you're measuring the wingspan of birds. Mm-hmm. Wormspan. Worms, yeah. No. I mean, like, it's... That, it's just a play on words, and you word. of all people... And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Normally, I would be critical, and I get why a lot of people are critical about that, but that has my pun approval. Yes, I agree. Thank you for doing that. Um... You know, in fact, the more angry people get with that, the happier I the am. Only thing, I think that's it great. actually it works <laughs> as a good um, aspect of things uh, because it rolls off the tongue better than, say, yeah. Dragon Span or Drake Span or however you want to. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about Drake Span. Yeah, however yeah. you want to say, like, the different forms of dragon types out there, yeah. Worm Span just rolls off the tongue a lot better right. than, say,. All that. Other well, the, only, uh, the problem is it's a homonym, right? Yeah. It, it, it could, like, what I told people who are not dragon people mm-hmm. who didn't understand that, I said, Wormspan. They're like, bugs? And I'm like, no. And and part of the problem is worms are a type of food in the original. Yeah, one, yeah, right? yeah. So well, it's no, like. Technically, the term is invertebrate. The food type is invertebrate. But there's a picture of a, of a worm. worm. <laughs> so. But. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, I, I get the, the confusion at first. But I told people about it, and it's like I, I work at a comic shop, and none of the employees there had played Wingspan mm-hmm. yet. And I told them about it, and they were like, wait, really? That might be the one I get into. I'm like, I've heard it's more complicated, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Yeah. I'll probably be but there. But then again, Wingspan is not that simple of a game either. No. Maybe uh, this will be the next great like gateway game that everyone claims. Mm-mm. Not the, I've seen the that's differences. The joke, this know. is so much more complex. <laughs> it really does look more complex, which is fine. I mean, it's. I'm sure it's going to be pretty good. <laughs> nope. Yep. <laughs> Your next bit of news. Alright, so my next one, speaking of games that have ridiculous pun titles. Oh, God. So, I'm a big fan of Llama. Oh, you're going to talk about this one, huh? Uh, They announced a new version of Llama that is magic-themed. Yes, shut up and take my money. It's called Llama Cadabra. Yeah. I knew this was going to be on your list once. I don't care how bad the game is. Llama Cadabra. (laughs) That is my game now. I do not care how bad that game is. See, I didn't like Llama. I did enjoy Don't Llama Dice. I don't know how I'm going to like Llama Cadabra, but the name alone annoys me. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't looked into it. I know nothing about it. I know what the name is. Llama Cadabra. That's all I got to say. It's amazing. I mean, maybe we'll pull up like a a description here in a bit Mm -hmm. just to kind of embellish it a little bit more. But literally, I... I don't think there's like information too much about it. It was just recently announced by Amigo. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, but I mean, I I, I love the the combining of the ridiculous llama that had no theme really in the game. Did you see the cover? Yes. Oh my god, it was so bad. It's it's amazing. It's so good. It's so bad. It's awesome. Like it's it's it It, knows what it's basically the llama cover, but he's like all straight magician. There's like cars and a wand. Yeah, rabbit or a hat, you know. He he, it they are owning that absurdity a hundred and ten percent. They are they are taking that is the reason why it took him so long to put any new kind of art on Bonanza. They know what they're, they're doing. doing. Yeah, they're doing absolutely that absurdity on purpose. And the only reason they did that is because Best Almost like I want to draw art for this. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, that wasn't <laughs> their original idea. They're like, wow, like let's find the most ridiculous artist we can and let's just own it. Mm-hmm. And and I can respect that part of it. The gate llama was great. I liked it a lot. I know why you don't like it, but I liked it a lot. Um, don't llama dice was fun, even though it had like. Really not obvious strategy. And, yeah. Like, it, you literally it was, just roll a die and then get rid of cards. Honestly, it was just, it was really fun. It, yeah, it seemed like it should have been war. It should yeah. have been boring. But yet, somehow, there was a lot more choice in it. Than you would expect you for would a expect. dice game. Yes. Uh, and the thing is, like, the reason why I'm not a big fan of um, Don't, or Llama, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, it's just that it... It wasn't fun. That's the thing. It just felt so mechanical. You're like, okay, I'm gonna. Oh, you did that. All right, I gotta play this because this is how we have to go. We have to go yeah. in a certain ascending order until you can do something. I forget what right. it is. 
But yeah, and you got to play, but you don't want to do a llama. But eh, maybe taking that 10 point is good because if you ever get rid of a token, you can get rid of that 10 right. point token rather than the 1 point token and stuff like that. I think the reason why it's worked so well with my family is that uh, a lot of my family aren't gamers, but they, they can understand the rules of this no problem. But the reason I still have fun with it is just like Don't Llama Dice, it has that subtlety of like, when do I stop pushing my luck? Mm -hmm. When do I stop drawing cards and, and hoping to go out? Like, you only have two cards over there. You're going out pretty quick. Yeah. I have five. Do I do I dare press my luck and try and continue? Like, it's pretty unlikely you will. And a lot of that, like, back-ended strategy of that extra choice, I think that's what sells me on it, personally. I get why you don't, but I, I appreciate, like, when it's subtle. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Well, that was my second piece, Lama Kadabra. All right, so my next piece of news it. is something that we are huge fans of. We collect all of this guy's games. This is uh, one of our favorite designers of mm -hmm. all time, Stefan Feld. Um, the, he's announced the next two games in the City Collection with Queen Games. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is actually a new game, uh, Katmandu. I remember reading uh, how that one kind of works, but I didn't draw it up in my notes and stuff like that i just like whatever uh, take my money you're gonna get my money anyways uh so yeah this one's yep, Kathmandu. uh and the next one that had me interesting because stefan feld is not known for minis and this nope. is gonna have minis in it I, I don't know if it's gonna be like pure minis or acrylic minis they haven't really announced anything i would be really happy if they just give us like a real uh, acrylic boats no nope. uh, this one is uh, basically called uh, well it is called nassau it is a reprint of one of his older games i think back from 20 it's like around the same time as castles of burgundy so i'm yeah. gonna say 2010 tw through if 2013 older, yeah, yeah. Called Rum and Bones. Uh, a rum and Pirates. Rum and Pirates, yeah, yeah. sorry. Rum and Bones. Oh, yeah, it's a wholly different thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a reprint of that. They they named it under Nassau because it goes into their city collection stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the Rum and uh, Pirates one, I want to try it. I've been wanting to try it because, mm -hmm. you, you know, Stefan Feld, yeah. and he's made a mini game. And I'm like, wait, what? Uh, just never have never been able to find a copy. They're reprinting it. I'm mm -hmm. not sure I like the name. Uh, I've been to Nassau, and it's a nice name, and I understand it because of the, the ties to the Caribbean pirates and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which most of those pirates back in the day were actually working for one uh, government or another. They were privateers mm -hmm. when they were working for government pirates to the other <laughs> companies. Uh, so, yeah, uh, but it's interesting. Uh, the historical aspect in Nassau makes sense. Mm -hmm. I just want to see how it's going to work. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, it's you said it before. It's Stefan Feld, mm -hmm. shut up and take our money. Yeah. <laughs> we already have the other six games. Um, or no, is it? Yeah, we have the six games already. Uh, yeah, because it's going to be seven and eight. Uh, uh, seven and eight or eight and nine? Seven and eight. Let's see. Yeah, six. Yeah, because we have six yeah. already. Yeah. All right, so the last piece of news that I wanted to talk about today um, was another game announcement that... Wait, as, we have four pieces of news each. Oh, do we? Yeah. This is my last one. So I can come up with something, I'm sure. Uh, the last one I wanted to talk about, though, was very specifically something that happened that I, that when, as soon as they announced it, I was like, that was the first piece of news I put on my list. And that's because they announced the newest Tiny Epic game. And they are working in conjunction with USAopoly, or I'm um, sorry, The Op, and they are working with a new license for the first time ever, Tiny Epic is getting a license, Tiny Epic Game of Thrones. What is your thoughts on this? I like the Tiny Epics mostly. Uh, they're about uh, 10 years too late, or about 6 years too late. Uh, before, whenever the last season was, they're fine. they're really late because like if they did it like around the time of the first four sure. seasons, this thing would have flown off the shelves. Right, but even without that though, I think Scott Alms does a good job of his designs. Mm -hmm. uh, most of his Tiny Epic games hits pretty well. Um, I, I am backing all of them. I'm taking that second piece right there, but... That's my next piece. Oh, um, yeah, okay, I'll look at it here in a minute. Yeah, um, yeah so the pro the thing is with this, I think that it is a very good choice for them. I feel like some of the Tiny Epic games, like, alluded to that idea. Like, they wanted to have those multi-level... Um, Watch it be a reskin of Tiny Epic Defenders or something. <laughs> I, I thought it might actually be, like, Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Mm. Like, it might be a remake. Because that's the thing. USA Op, or I'm sorry, the, the Op... They do, they used to do a lot of those, like, license games where they'll take, like, a single mechanism and put on some licenses. And now, to their credit, they definitely develop them, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they don't just 
paste on a theme. Like, originally that was their marketing strategy, is they would just make monopolies, right? Mm -hmm. And that is totally fine. But they actually work with Hasbro now, and now they're above board with it. And it's not just Monopoly skins or, or um, Clue skins or whatever. They, they really do go out of their way to try and find the most unique licenses that they mm -hmm. can. Try to find... If you're a fan of just about anything, mm -hmm. the op is trying to make... You, you, you can know, see one right there with uh, working with uh, um, uh, Fireside uh, Games. They yeah. worked with, uh, for Star Trek Panic. Yeah, exactly. And all of those spinoffs, like X-Men Munchkin, like, those were really cool, you know? So Yeah, I still got to try uh, the Disney and the uh, Marvel Smash-Up. Oh, sure. And, well, their versions of, like, Simpsons code names and Disney yeah. code names, like, those are all good. But then that's not even saying their own unique games. Like, they're making the art project, which looks really cool yeah. coming up. A Mountains out of molehills, Hughes that and was Hughes. Really neat. Like there's a bunch of these games that they're making that are unique to just them that they are making really cool versions of. So I think not only did they pick the right company to deal with with the op, mm -hmm. Gameland Game knows what they're doing and Scott Alms knows what he's doing on this. I think even though yeah, it might not get be as cash grabby as it could have been four years ago. This is a very appropriate IP for Tiny Epic, I think. Yeah. Let's hope it's good, because I'm going to buy it. <laughs> yeah, well, the, you did get all the Tiny Epics anyway. I do own all the um, Tiny Epics. I'm just kind of torn on this one, just because... I like Tiny Epics to a certain extent. I only have two in my collection. Uh, one I haven't even played. I just backed the third one, because I love a lot of Cthulhu stuff. Mm. Plus, I want to see how that spinner works. That's really neat. It looks pretty fun. Uh, but... I like Game of Thrones. I'm not as big as fan as most people. I, I did enjoy the books. I prefer mm -hmm. the books over the series, except for I'm never probably going to ever see the ending of Game of Thrones because that dude up in Albuquerque is taking <clears throat> for freaking ever to write the the, the the last, not even the last book, it's like the fifth book or sixth book. Yeah, well, okay, so he, it's not that far apart between each other. Still, he's taking... Basically, Albuquerque is going to end up eating up Santa Fe because Albuquerque keeps growing. Daniel's views does not represent the views of everyday board games. <laughs> Basically, Santa Fe... As Illuminous is... follows up with, he's going to die before finishing the Yes, book. he is. He is, because he the hasn't... The views of Illuminous is not... <laughs> he hasn't finished the sixth or fifth or sixth book. I can't even remember where, it, where it's left off. And it's sure. supposed to be like an eight-book series. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Brandon Sanderson... Pumps out like twenty books a year. He's got a whole epic. That doesn't mean all of them are good. It. I'm not saying they're not. I've never read one, but that doesn't mean that they're good. S Stephen King puts out like like twenty books a year, and half of him are half of those are just garbage. Half of them are really good. Half of them are, half of them are actually, really good. I would say like eighty percent of them are really good. There are some few garbage, especially right. when he tries to go into something else, like a love story or anything. Quantity like that. doesn't mean quality all the time so how often do you read actual uh never have your no. opinion doesn't no, I've, matter i've i've read uh the first game of thrones but what i'm saying and I, i've read a, other uh authors and stuff but that's beside the point there was plenty of authors yeah exactly he hasn't out... read stormlight that stuff is amazing and the thing is stormlight is his equivalent of game of thrones he's making it a 10 book series He's releasing the fifth book within the next year. Okay, but some people work he's, at different paces. He started so it. About that? Not only is that, during the pandemic, when everybody was locked down, you know what he did? He wrote four freaking books. Yeah, he obviously doesn't have any other life. I'm just saying. Well, that... he's married and he's a professor. Okay, so he probably <laughs> has a life. I'm just saying. That man needs to chill out. <laughs> he's making every other author look, look bad. bad yeah. No, actually, you know... A, a good example of an author that took a long time in between books was um, Douglas Adams, right? I mean, he spent a long time between all the Hitchhiker's Guides. Yes, but th there's a... And, but those were still amazing quality. That doesn't mean... Game of Thrones, the book series itself, yeah. started in the 90s. Correct. Uh, in wasn't the, it older? Wasn't it like 80s? It might have been the 89, yeah, 90s. It was, it was like early late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. They made a whole series based off the first four books, and then it's just like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm just saying, some people, like, are able to put out that much content. Like, uh, a music equivalent. Yeah, there's plenty of bands that release an album every, like, 
six months, but there's also bands like Tool that wait like ten years between albums, right? That doesn't like. I, I get your frustration. I'm just saying that doesn't mean that it's, it's going to be good or bad. Well, no. The thing about it is, he's not <laughs> concentrating. At least with Tool, they're concentrating on their music. Yeah, they go do their other thing with uh, APC and all their other stuff. Sure. All he's concentrating now is because he's getting money from HBO. He hasn't written a thing since his most recent book. You don't know that. He's talked about it! <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's in his head. I'm I'm trying to advocate for... I, I'm being the advocate that I, we don't know. He's I mean, Stephen King like, eh, is you know, like, whatever. if not in his 80s, he's pushing 80. He just released a book back in October. Stephen King is the Reiner Knizia <laughs> of authors. That's all I'm saying. He is... Stephen King is the Stanley Mug of <laughs> authors. Stephen King is the iPhone of authors. No, because he actually invents <laughs> stories. Uh, in fact, oh, shots fired, Apple. <laughs> Take that. Thank you for putting us on your pot, on your um, iTunes, by the way. We appreciate it. <laughs> We're not sowing any growth over there. It's fine. Oh, okay. Well, then, you know what, Apple? Again, we appreciate you letting us be on there. Uh, which one? Because he's got two. He's got, uh, I think, who's the one that did the firefighter? Um... Wait, o- whose son? Stephen King's. Stephen there's, King's uh, son. There's Owen oh, Hill, okay. and then he has another... Uh, Joe Hill, that's it. Joe and Hill and Owen King, I think, are the two sons that write. Okay. Uh, Joe Hill's not bad. I, I like some of his stuff. I actually like the books that he did <laughs> with his father. There was a couple that he crossed over with his father, and then there was one oh, that okay. he did with Owen uh, that was really good. Interesting. Okay. I do have another piece of news. Okay, cool. And my next piece of news here is um, kind of like a bit of sad news and not sad news i mentioned this to you before whiz kids is actually getting out of the board gaming world Mm -hmm. um so i don't know what's going on with their libraries and stuff like that but on a brighter side of news who was running it is starting up another um board game company Mm -hmm. um it's called play 2z this is uh zev shashinger i can never say his last name (laughs) uh but zev He's starting mm-hmm. up another company called Play to Z. He was the one of the originator. All right, he was the originators of um, Z-Man games, and so I'm looking forward to it. He is taking yeah, he over. He is Mr. Z-Man. Yeah, yeah, he is taking over um, one of the games that WizKids had. It's called uh, Ascending Empires. He's gaining mm-hmm. the rights to that for that's going to be one of the first things he prints at Z-Man. Or uh, Play to Z, sorry, I'm so used to calling him Z-Man, even though he's left that company yep. years ago. Yeah, which I can say. So, uh, when he was working for <coughs> for WizKids, he's been there for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, he was over there in 2019, where I had a chance to pitch a game to WizKids. He's a genuinely really cool dude. Like he he took the time out of his out of his day. He met with me. Really nice guy. Very very humble. Appreciated like all of the stuff that he did with Z Man, all that yeah. stuff. And uh, yeah, just I want to give him a shout out. Like he just cool dude so i wish him all the best yeah so i'm looking forward to it i want to see what they come up um he's one of the people that brought pandemic over to yeah. uh and z-man actually hit pretty well in the early part of this renaissance of board gaming in the early 2000s yeah and the late he's 2010s. got a great eye for games yeah he's he's really good uh he saw what rio grande games was doing and mm-hmm. he was bringing some stuff over that were really good uh he showed it when he was bringing stuff that was not like uh, Europe or uh, Germany. He was bringing like Italian games over and stuff like that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with Play to Z. I want to see what other games that they're going to produce. If he's going to take other WizKids license, like the Fantasy Realm stuff, uh, right. uh, and so that sort of stuff. So maybe Super Skill Pinball. Yeah, that would be kind of cool if he takes that one over too. Yeah. All right. Uh, last piece of news. It's less news. We've talked about it a little bit before, but we just wanted to announce um, officially. <coughs> We are good to go. Everyday Board Games Podcast will be at the Gamma Trade Show this year. Yep. And that's going to be taking place in early March, uh, the first weekend in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I want to say like March 3rd or 4th, something like that. Yeah, it's the, it is, well, like fourth you can start getting in there right? on that Sunday. It's the like the Monday through the Friday. Yeah. So. And it's going to be in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be there. Yep. We're going to be as press there, which is the first time that... Now, we've both been to the Gamma Trade yeah. Show, but this will be the first time that we're actually yeah, going like press. as press for our 
for our <laughs> podcast. Luminous, we'll see what we can do about yeah. promos. Um, and we're looking to just make those connections. Mm-hmm. If there's any companies and or um, publishers, designers, whatever, that you want us to make, get some scoop for, let us know. You have a couple months before we head out there. Yeah, we'll be the, happy the to look is, into what we can. They haven't even announced really who's going to be there. And right. I'm, I wonder how many people are going to be there. Because Dice Tower West is actually running around the same time in Vegas. Yeah, the follow that following weekend will yeah. be Dice Tower West actually, I in think Las Vegas. They start up the the weekend Gamma closes. So yes, they do. I, yep. I don't know if they're gonna make that cross country trip. Like it would have been fine if they were still in Reno and then they just go down to Vegas. So right, exactly, which a lot of them did. But yeah. We'll see what we can do. But anyway, like I said, if there's any publishers or designers or anything, mm-hmm. we're hoping to make some more connections because we want to do more of the designer yeah. or yeah, artists. See if we run um, into some walkers. designers or something yep. like that. Exactly. So that's uh, my last piece of news. All right. So my last piece of news, I actually got an email today. Um, I, I Like I said, I was a fan of Stonemaier uh, games, and I get the Champions updates and stuff sure. like that. So he sent me or sent the group in there, and I, I found it very intriguing there's a guy on Board Game Geek that takes the basically he makes becomes the Metacritic and he takes everybody's aggregated best games of the year for 2023. And so I'm actually gonna pull something up here. I saw a window on your computer, but I yeah. wasn't sure what it was. And I'm gonna show this real quick. I'm gonna cover up the chat. So Luminous, sorry if we can't see what you're saying. Uh, but this but give us a few moments. Yeah. This is the aggregated score. So here's the list of it. Uh, there's a link. I'll have to. I'm gonna put it in the chat once we're done with it, so everybody can peruse it uh, as we're going along later. But this is all the list of all the best 2023 lists that this person found. Well, uh, for and you got things like the Dice Tower, of course. But there's the BGG podcast. Uh, you have the Brothers Murph in here, the uh, Cardboard Herald, Chairman of the Board, Chits and Cardboards. A lot of the Dice Tower, as I said, like all the game media and stuff like that of their favorite games of 2023. And he makes a uh, Metacritic on it based on their scores and their rankings of the top doesn't 10. doesn't have everyday board games, so that's no, the problem. No, not but, yet. you know. Mind, yeah, mind you, yeah. we don't do a ranking of like the top 22, three <laughs> games. Uh, we right. just the top eight debate and this yeah. is the top eight games. So our list is basically Board Game Geek. Sure. Uh, so he made a whole thing about it. So I wanted to go through this list and show the games that won. So this was the highest rated uh, game, Earth. This was the number one oh, yeah. out of it. By far. Yeah. Apiary was actually number two. That was where I got the list from, okay. which I thought was really good. I like that game. I don't know if it was like my number two of 2023, but I could yeah. understand why a lot of people did like it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gone past that, but Sky Team, one of your favorites, was number three. Mm-hmm. That I can see. Uh, White Castle, I have not played that one. I do want to play it, um, but that was the number four. Uh, Hegemi, uh, uh, Leisure Class of Victory, I have not tried that one. I don't know if we're ever going to play that one. uh, one, It's really, really heavy. (laughs) Really, really heavy. Looks like it. Uh, Darwin's Journey is one I've been looking at. I'm going to see if I can pick this up when we go to Tucson. Yep. Uh, Nucleum is another one I do want to try. Another heavy one. This is Dice and Boards. Yeah, Boards and Dice. Uh, Thunder Road Vendetta is one I want to try. I'm probably going to like do the Kickstarter when it comes back for I can pick this one up. Or at least just do the expansions and buy the base game. Yeah. Uh, Distilled, Distilled is yep. one I want to try. Huge reviews on that one. And, of course, Ticket to Ride uh, Legends of the West, which is something. And so it just keeps going. you got Expeditions, yeah. Great Western mm-hmm. Trail, New Zealand, Barcelona, I think. Which is one that I just picked up. Uh, yeah, so he, I think it's like the top fifty or tw- top twenty-five. So you have unmatched tales of maze and stuff that like that. That makes sense. Yeah. So I just thought that was uh, really neat uh, about way this works. Uh, Kunta Hora, I want to try, but after seeing like reviews and stuff like that, it just didn't seem that interesting to me. So, but yeah, no, I just thought that list was really uh, cool. I'm gonna send it into our chat, and I'll probably try to put a link down into like the youtube and on yeah. the, the podcast itself if we for, remember yeah if you yeah. guys can remember uh, for you to see how it works so cool check it out on your own time but i, I just thought that was really neat that someone did all that absolutely and we need to reach out to them and tell them about our podcast because you know, <laughs> we're we're a factor <laughs> we don't rank the top 23 games but we, just, we could go they could go off of the top eight debates can they though yeah 
Because all they need to do is find what the highest ranked in 2023 is and go by that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where we get our, our thing. Because uh, the, the reason we do that is when we take our bias right. out of it. We get yeah. the top eight highest ranked games and we debate those games that we have both played first right. off. That's what I'm saying. But they're it, not our favorite It games. wouldn't be that much big of a difference. I'm saying it would be an extra point of reference. It could be, yeah. But Blatant yeah. advertisement. <laughs> that's how that works. Alright, so let's get into our episode today. We're going to be comparing two games that are incredibly similar in every aspect. One aspect. Um, no, no, two. Two, two aspects. Two, two aspects. Um, they are incredibly similar, but they both came out around the same time, and they were both um, very much lauded because of a similar idea. This is Gizmos and Potion Explosion. Now, before we get into into the breakdown, which is one thing that we're going to be comparing and contrasting. Mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you, is there one of these that you prefer over the other? Yes. Yeah? Uh, well, yes and no. It depends on the situation. Okay. Hands down, if I'm playing multiplayer, I'm going to prefer Gizmos. Okay. Uh, if I'm playing, then, like, two people, yeah. then I'm going to play Potion Explosion because yeah. I refuse to play Gizmos at two people. Yep. That makes sense. Uh, and because I showed it to you at two points, and well, you hated that experience. Yeah, well, so. it just it doesn't cycle very well. At least with, uh, and we'll talk about it how the games work here in a yeah. minute. Even at two players, there's a lot more cycling in the dispenser than there is in Gizmos. Well, in in Potion Explosion, there's there's less cycling, but there's more options at the whole. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. As a so whole. It, so it's, like I it's set harder up, to block. Like so with much. Gizmos in a two player game, or how I set up my engine. Sure. If you're constantly taking the thing that I need to fire my engine off and it's not rolling down because there's right. not enough cycle to come back to my turn to get the type of marble I need, and I have like stuff that I can fire and grab from blind and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. it's still not working for me, then my engine is just defunct, and I you kind of need that cycling. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what these games are and, and the differences between it. Uh, is there one that you'd prefer to talk about? Uh, no, we could just okay. go back and forth and talk about what you would just... Or how they know how they work. Yeah, and so the the one I could talk about the best is Gizmos. Okay. Gizmos is a straight up engine building game about building engines and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So you're basically having a line of cards. There's a tube in the middle that has, and you have like a ring that, and because the main thing that they do share, they're marble games. Uh, they use marbles as one of their main components. Yes. That is that is by far their most common. and so the way different you're, colored marbles yeah and the the way you're using the marbles in um, gizmos it's kind of like splendor you need a certain amount of colored marbles to buy certain things to fire in yep. your engine uh, you can take cards into your hand basically filing depending on how many you can hold at the thing you can only hold one card if I remember mm-hmm. correctly in your hand and then you could either use your marbles to pay for something mm-hmm. uh, whether it's the one in your hand or something in the row. Uh, which can help better build your engine later. So say it's something like, hey, every time I take a red one, I can now take one as a blind in the thing. Once it is built into your thing, every time you do that certain action, every time you take a red one out of the, I forget what it's called, but let's just call it the, the tray or something like that where they, they come down. Yeah, the dispenser. In the dispenser, you can go into the top of it and take one blind out of the back of the dispenser because every time you use them, they just go back into the dispenser right. and they'll start funneling down. Um and you're just doing that. You're trying to make uh, be the the one with the most points at the end of the game. I think you have to. There's two ways to trigger it. And I I don't remember one, but I know another one is when you file like 17. Yeah, when when the players have like 16 or 17 collect, or when one, one player, player has, has enough, or if you get a certain number of gold ones, which yes. is the highest value. Yeah. Uh, so I, I knew it was like building those. But yeah, and and the whole thing is just firing off your engines, and you're trying to set up basically a great engine. Okay, I'm taking these blues. Blues are now wild for me, but every time I take a blue, I can take one from the blind. I also have this engine, so I can use this red as a black or a black as a red. There's just different things that you file, and there's like five different categories you could do. Yeah, basically, grab, mm-hmm. uh, file, um, archive. archive, and build. Um, mm-hmm. now, archiving, I think, is one that you play down in front of you, right? Because, no. Filings when you play it down in front of you, archivings when you're holding it in your hand. Something like that. Yeah, one of those two. But yeah, you're doing all these different things, and you're building your engine a certain way to make sure it's firing properly, and most points at the end of the game wins. I really do enjoy Gizmos, and this is my go-to game to show, like, engine building. Yeah. 
It's a great it's a great starting for engine building. Yeah. Now potion explosion is also in a way an engine builder. It mm -hmm. does some similar ideas. But the big thing about this is that um th this is very much based off of like app games, um a lot of the same ideas where you're trying to get them connected and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Like the video games that you would sit down and play. Uh like Bejeweled is a good example, but mm -hmm. you're not trading the places. The the trigger mechanism that causes you to have these combos is when you take a single marble from the potion or from the dispenser, it has right like six rows. When you take one, if two of the same color clack together, that causes an explosion. Two and or all... more of the same color. Right, two or more of the same color. When they clack together, then you get to take all of those as well, thus causing the explosion, mm -hmm. where you can combo off of that. So it's less about what the the potions do to combo you and more about how you deal with which marbles you take and so there's always that choice of like i could get a lot of good comboing from taking a certain marble from this one but i don't need this marble i don't need this one right now i don't have the space for it yeah because when you take the marbles you immediately apply them to the potions and when you have all of the marbles needed for a potion as the ingredients, mm -hmm. you flip that potion over, it is now ready, and those potions can give you a one-time ability normally. Yeah. Or a permanent ability, I think. And they're points at the end of the game. And they're points at the end of the game. So they have a lot of that similarity. You, The marbles are the resources. You mm -hmm. take them, and there's different ways to combo them off. They are both engine builders. Yeah. Uh, but I would say Potion Explosion is more of a puzzle game yeah. versus... More of an engine building. Yeah, where you're management. literally trying to make sure everything's firing correctly. Yeah, exactly. So, we're going to be breaking these down um, with our normal uh, criteria. We're mm -hmm. going to kind of give recommendations on on why we think that they're different and why we think that they're the same. Mm -hmm. um, the first one we're going to do is by ease of play. Yep. So, let's talk about how, like, for Potion Explosion and Gizmos, I think, personally, just because of that background of having those apps... Mm -hmm. uh, playing Bejeweled, like a lot of people understand the idea of like, you take something and then other things shift down and falls down. I think Potion Explosion does that much better than Gizmos does. Um, I mean, granted, it's not a competition, but it's just, yeah. if, if that's your baseline, if you come from, you know, the quick mobile apps, video games, etc., you're going to be very familiar with the idea of Potion Explosion. Yeah, no, I get that too, but I mean, it's not to say that Gizmos is very difficult to... It's not, it's not more difficult, no. Yeah, and in, just all, in all honesty, I think both of these are actually really good yeah. and easy to get to the table because what is the one thing we always talk about in board games? That toy factor. Yeah. Both of these are showing off that toy they factor. Do. With the marbles, uh, both of them, uh, I think they're second editions, basically have the plastic containers. The first edition containers were a little iffy. Uh -huh. Now both of them have the plastic containers in the ones that you can buy nowadays. Uh, interesting to note, both games are produced by Simon here in America. Yep. Uh, Horrible Guild, of course, does Potion Explosion mainly. That's their game is mm -hmm. a combination of Simon. Uh, but yeah, both of them are produced by Simon. One yep. is Phil Walker Harding. I don't know the the designer of Andrew uh, uh, Andrea Crespi and Stefano Castelli are the the designers for Potion Explosion. Yep. Uh, both are really good uh, about that fact. I think, honestly, the simplicity and familiar of the mechanism, yeah, a potion explosion is more than likely to get to the table yeah. just because of the uh, familiarity of, like, those phone games. Yeah. Uh, what what'd you call it? Bubble something? Uh, bejeweled. Bejeweled. Yeah. Uh, stuff like or that. Or any of those. Candy Crush, but right? I, in all honesty, any I, of think, those games. I think both of them are be, will be very easy to get to the They're table. They're very accessible. Because yes. of that toy factor. You actually showed both of these off in the shop and they both went down pretty they well. They do. Yeah. And they always do. Yeah. And you know, and I don't think that one is necessarily more difficult than the other. Yeah. Um I would just say that like um if you're coming from um something that you're already familiar with, like the idea of engine building mm -hmm. and if that's your go to, like uh for example, um let's say I, I know you don't like Machu Koro, but that's a that's a pretty good example. Or like Settlers of Catan, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you start off with a little and then the more you build, the more options you have. Yeah. If you're coming from that background, Gizmos would be my yeah. recommendation yeah, exactly. for you. But if you're coming from like a, if you like the puzzle aspect, I would even go as far as to say something like um like Carcassonne, like just because it is a it is a mind puzzle in a way. Yeah. Um or the app games if you if you know somebody uh, who sits there and just plays thing, games like Candy Crush. Another thing I, I then, uh, I would explosion. recommend, too, is, like, uh, say you're into something like Catan, or yeah. uh, say one of your favorite games is Terraforming Mars, and right. you, you have children that are coming up, and you just don't think Terraforming Mars, which is an engine-building game, yes. 
If, but it's a, a high-level engine-building game. But your kids see you playing mm -hmm. that, and they're like, hey, can you show us this? You can use uh, gizmos to show them how to play engine-building. You need to right. do this for this to meet up and for this to meet up. And so I think if you're coming from that kind of background, too, and showing, like, family members how, like, some of your favorite games to be played, Gizmos is a really yeah. good stepping stone for them. This is, like, the go-to um, engine builder for me. Right. Absolutely. I, I can see that. Yeah, I think that would be the next or the best way to bring them in. And in fact, not only just that, there's very few games that I feel uh, encapsulate that idea of that engine building mm -hmm. going on to it. So let's move into meaningful uh, meaningful choice real quick because that's where this is leading. Um, it really is one of those things where the, the choices you have every turn with gizmos is you're trying to like you're you, you're limited to only a certain amount of marbles that you can hold um in a way because you have like a reserve before you spend them as their currency yeah and whenever you start the game everybody starts with the same limits yes. uh, and depending on how you're mm -hmm. building your engine you can increase how many cards you can hold as your sure. archive mm -hmm. or how many cards uh you can have in a certain section or how many marbles you're pulling from the dispensary or blind right. and stuff like that, or how many you can hold in your ring yeah exactly and, and you have all these same limitations, and as you grow those gizmos, you're mm -hmm. going to be going more onto it. So I, I completely agree. I think I w this would be a perfect game that if you love those engine buildings, like Terraforming Mars, mm -hmm. that is a good example, or even like some of the later stuff like uh, uh, Furnace, that's a good example. That's a good one, yeah. Any of those engine buildings, Everdell, um, if uh, you want to bring any of those... Earth. Yeah, any of those engine builders to your family, mm -hmm. gizmos is definitely a great way to get them hooked to that because yeah. or at least if nothing else determine if that's the style that they're going to like yeah and then another thing too is like uh, when we talk about our meaningful choice on the potion explosion side impacting other player strategies it's open information what everybody can yeah. get in there so if everybody sees that great move but it's your turn and you take that great move you're going to impact other players what mm -hmm. they're trying to do because, say, you're both working on, like, your rainbow potions and stuff like that, and he needs the blacks yeah. just as well as you do, and you're like, if I pull this blue, all the black marble's going to clank, and I'm going to explode them, which is going to help me finish this potion here. Right. Which, I think the the end game is, like, the first person to hit, like, four or five potions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it is something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've played it, but, yeah, yeah, you have to hit a certain number of potions mm -hmm. uh, for the end game to be triggered. And so you're doing all that as efficiently as possible, and just like in gizmos you have a limit to how many uh marbles that you can keep over if you cannot play them on your potions you can only store three on your mat and everything else goes back into the dispenser hmm. uh, okay so you can store but you only are allowed to store up to three marbles that can't go onto your potions. so it's like i can keep these because i'm almost finishing this one so i can go grab this on my next turn finish this and if i grab another potion hey look i got marbles that i can move over to it yeah and so it's kind of like that aspect. So you are impacting on other players' strategy as well in Potion Explosion, uh, just like you would in Gizmos. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's more along the lines, uh, too, in Gizmos when you're impacting other people's strategy. If you take the card and archive it and someone has been working for it or they're trying to get that archived on their turn, you'll, you'll hear a lot of stuff, too. Yeah, you will. <laughs> you will. And, and so, like, on the other end with Potion Explosion, the example that I would say... The, the big thing that makes Potion Explosion really exciting is that clacking together. When you pull a marble, they clack together, and mm -hmm. then that triggers a combo. You take those, and if you played it right, there might even be a second explosion. Explosion, yep. And it would continue as long as marbles are hitting each other. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes those marbles are in the dispenser, and you don't know that they're coming up, and they just so happen to clack together. Yeah. And that's exciting. It is. That is that's a stand-up moment. That's something that you don't get in gizmos. Yeah. And so if you like, I would compare that to more like press your luck style games. Mm -hmm. If you like that moment where you're like, I can go just a little bit longer. Let's see. And that moment of where you flip over a card or roll a die, and it's really exciting when you actually get what you are aiming for. That's the same level of adrenaline rush that you will get with Potion Explosion. All right, so we're moving over to Game Immersion then, huh? That's right. But with uh, with Gizmos too, though, I, I I understand there is a lot more stand-up moments in Potion Explosion, just sure. the way everything works. Yeah. Uh, there is memorable moments in Gizmos too. When your engine starts firing off perfectly, all right, here's my blues. I'm doing this, and I'm doing this, and then boom, 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 and then I'm going to do this. Right. And so when you do all that, just that 
that efficiency puzzle that you did in Gizmos, and it just works it's properly. Satisfying. Yeah, it's yeah. so satisfying, and everybody's like, "Oh, would you stop already?" <laughs> it's like, "No, my engine's working. This is how it runs." Right. <laughs> I I would say if we had to pick one that was more strategic, though, for meaningful choice, it would definitely be Gizmos. Yes. Just because your engine that you build is what you have to do versus you're you're just yes you there are moments where you feel really clever mm -hmm. in push explosion but there's not a time where you have that engine built up where you're like i'm gonna do this which will trigger this which will do this which will do this which will do this yeah instead you're like pull a marble clack 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 yeah i got everything i needed and I, now i've I, and now I, i've I, succeeded i agree with you like if we had to do like a top eight debate a uh, meaningful yeah. choice would go straight to gizmos for me though game immersion i agree with you what you were saying Let's about potion explosion because uh is game is the game fun to lose? Potion explosion. Yeah, you're you're gonna have a blast no matter what yep. is going on in that one. There's a lot of player interaction. Don't do it. Don't make that explosion. Uh, I, there could have been a better explosion. Why'd you just do it like that? I'm like, right. I I didn't need the blue explosion. I needed the red explosion. So I yeah. needed to pull this black marble to get the the blues out of the way or this stuff where I can get the reds going. Oh, but look, the blues exploded too because now I pull those reds and they collapse right. and it's like. But I need the blues. Well, then it should have been your turn. Now, should it should have been your turn. Yeah, that's not that's not my fault. That's your fault for not doing, taking your turn right now. Yeah. There is one game that I really want to compare to this because it is compare contrast when it comes to game immersion. Mm -hmm. There is a game that feels very much like Potion Explosion does. That's been getting a lot of buzz more recently, and that's Quacks of Quedlinburg. Mm -hmm. I mean that that is a great comparison. In two if you like Potion Explosion, there's a great chance you like, like Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yeah. And vice versa. If you like that moment where you just stand up and you're like, yes, I got everything I needed to. And you're literally mixing potions in both of them, right? Yeah. And there's a possibility of explosions in both of them. Like, eh. it's... Well, yeah, I mean, you, you are making potions, but more you're a quack doctor than that's right, why it's called but quacks. That's, right, right. The, you're the quack doctor that's making these potions that might explode. <laughs> and and you have that engine building aspect. So, yeah. as far as game immersion goes, there's almost no better comparison than those two very different games. But yeah. it has a very similar quirky, cartoony feel to them. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. I like everything about what Potion Explosion does. As well as what Gizmos does, and I agree, one is better as as a meaningful choice aspect yep. of it, but one is just much more fun in the game immersion aspect of things. Yeah. Uh, so let's just move to art production because they're both. Well, again, is, is there one that for game immersion that you would compare to Gizmos? Um. Yeah, there there's one game I would compare to Gizmos, um, but it's more of a little like a next step aspect of sure. engine building, and I yeah. mentioned it earlier, Earth. Earth yeah. fires off like, okay, I did this and then I did this. Because you're just playing cards in a tableau compared right. to just using uh, the marbles for your resources. Mm -hmm. And so you're basically just firing everything off um, and based on your card tableau. Okay, I did this action. And now I get to do this and this. And now I get to fire off my yellows. Boom, 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 boom. All right, here we go. Do this. Oh, now I got all these resources to make me grow this next card. So I'm hoping someone does a grow action on the next turn. But you're engaged uh, with other people's turns because you're also paying attention to what they're taking right. off the cards and stuff like that. So I think Earth is uh, very engaging as the same aspect or the next steps or something like this. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, this one, let's go to art and production, mm -hmm. as we were talking about. Um, very similar flavor. They are both very cartoony, except um, Gizmos, <laughs> I don't... I don't feel theme in in Gizmos. I mean, no. Well, the thing, the, the theme of the game is you're building engines. You're yes. playing an engine building game about building engines. So, right. and I can't tell you what any of the art is on. No, that. the art is that. That's where it's like for me. Uh, that's where the contrast is different. There's not a lot of art in Potion Explosion. Uh, but what art they do have based mm -hmm. on like the potions and the swirls, like for the rainbow potion or the black potion and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, off those boards, it's really, really nice. Uh, yes. the, uh, professor that will give you negative points, but it'll help you to do a, an extra, just a uh, die. Okay. You know what? I'll take a minus one for, I can right. get an extra marble off the, the, um, the board. Cause one, I take away an explosion that you need. And I also really need this red potion to finish this part right. or red, uh, ingredient to finish off this potion yeah so um the art is much better in the thing both of them have really good pieces of components um especially now with the second editions uh the cardboard things were really bad uh simon learned from their mistake really early on with uh 
gizmos and just went straight to the plastic dispenser uh, right away. I was like, nope, first edition, yeah, we made a mistake, we're going to go to the plastic. You had to buy a whole other expansion to get the plastic dispenser for Potion Explosion. Yeah, it's and true. a lot of people had to glue their dispensers together. Now, well, there's, there's one fundamental problem with the, the Potion Explosion dispenser. I mean, well, there's a problem with both, right? Mm-hmm. The problem with Potion Explosion is that the dispenser is literally just a tray that, that drills it down. So what they do to tell you is kind of mix up the marbles and then drop them in in a way that you don't really know. What like, the mechanism should do that for you, mm-hmm. per se, and that's what and, and Gizmos was trying really to do. Yeah, where you just however, drop it into the blind. But how, how often do you have to like go in and mix up the marbles, the marbles just yeah. so they continue to drop, drop down? down yeah. So there, that is the fundamental problem there, is that oftentimes you'll be like, all right, let me just mix up the marbles so something will drop down. And it works fine. It's not that big of a deal, yeah. but... Um, they, they both work about as well as each other mm-hmm. for components. Now, I've never had a fundamental, like, real problem with the potion explosion, uh, mechanism, even, even with the, my cardboard one, that's fine, but that continuous having to mix the gizmos one was a little frustrating. Yeah, the, the gizmos one, yeah, it, that one's a little bit annoying, but I, I'd rather do that than, you know, whenever you pull the, the, the like, like I said, uh, people either 3, 3D printed themselves out plastic mm-hmm. once just to replace that, yeah. or people glued their dispensers together right. um, because it kept falling apart. Like mine, every time I take it out, part pieces fall off. Yeah. It's not very stable like it should be, and I thought about, you know, gluing it and stuff like that, or seeing if someone can just 3D print me, because... And we'll get into that when we get into, like, the replay value aspect, because we haven't yep. even talked about that part yet, mm-hmm. um, is that you have to get an expansion to get the plastic dispenser. And now right. the, that expansion is actually hard to find now. Yes. And so that's why it's, I think, in the newer printings, it's um, automatically in the box. Yeah, and Illuminous brought up the expansion definitely made it more interesting. I believe Illuminous was referring to... Um, the the potion explosion yeah because gizmos had a promo set yeah never but, an expansion but fully. never a full expansion and and it feels like both those games very much could use more expansion exactly. but we'll get back into that in a minute um personally i like the art on both of them they're both vibrant they're both colorful they both work pretty well um i do think the art works a little bit better in potion explosion yeah. but Again, those are like again. I would say if you like Quacks of Quedlinburg, yeah, it's the, that the, same absurdist. Yeah, the actual quack. the art works better in Quacks of Quedlinburg than sure. it does because there's just more of it. Yeah, yeah. Compared it, to it has that same very yeah like nice theme. Now, as far as components go, having oh. a really cool mechanism mm-hmm. and having like a cool contraption that actually does some of the stuff the work for you to help you with that marble section. There are other games that do that. Like uh, Golem is another game that just came out a couple years ago mm-hmm. that use a marble uh, situation like that. And also, like, um, for example, the that, that big game by John DeClaire, um, Edge of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't how use it has marbles, the, it uses cubes. It, it uses cubes still, but the cube tower, how it spreads and separates mm-hmm. them into separate uh, the sections. The does something like that, too. Yeah, so I appreciate mechanisms like that, mm-hmm. where you have, like, one centralized component, but the one that I would say by far does that better than almost any of these is the tower in Return to Dark Tower. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they put in a lot of work in that tower. It's yeah. a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. So there's a lot of tech in that yeah. tower alone. If, so. if you want silly stuff falling out of a marble dispenser, you could also go Fireball Island. That, that's true, too. But yeah. mm. <laughs> I mean, the game isn't as good, but yeah. if you like that art in production, Fireball Island is a very reasonable And honestly, the, the graphic design of both of these games is fine. Uh, one is more, very functional. Uh, more, one is more language-independent, uh, mm-hmm. Potions Explosion. You don't need to really read all that much other than just have the rules told to you because it's basically color-coordinated. Uh, and they both did really good jobs for colorblind friendliness, so we've always talked about that because I can see what the blue marble is. I know what the yellow marble yep. is. I know the red. I don't think there's green marbles. There's not green marbles in... in, in um, there is in Potion Explosion. Yeah. There is not in, in Gizmos. Gizmos yeah. It's black, yellow, blue, and red. red yep. Great choices for colorblind friendly. And then also in uh, Potion Explosion, the marbles aren't that bad. You can see the green no, and the red. They're very uh, vibrant. Right, very vibrant, but the way they did it is like one is darker than the other, mm-hmm. which is how you got to do it for colorblind people. Yep. Is if you're going to have red and green mixing together, yes. you need to make one dark and the other light because yeah. it makes it Didn't much more friendly. And they did a really good job on that. 
Yep, they did. Yeah, and also the transparency in the marbles mm -hmm. are really pretty too. Yeah. And gizmos. So. It, it made me remember as a kid when you played marbles back in the day. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's cool that they made something with these from my youth yeah. and my dad's youth and stuff like that. You very well could have done this out of glass marbles. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't blame them for not doing it, but considering they're plastic, they're really beautiful. Yeah. I like the bubbles inside of the yeah. gizmos marbles too. Now let's go to replay value, our last segment um, for this. Mm -hmm. Again, for replay value, again, we touch base. Only one of them has expansions. Yes, uh, and then uh, we'll go to the, we'll do the expandability right now. Only one of them has expansions. I think Potion Explosion has two expansions. Yes, because it has the 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 fifth and sixth player expansion. I think mm -hmm. is what it is. Because I think out of the base box is four players only. But yeah, two to four. Mm -hmm. uh, in the expansion, you have the fifth and sixth expansion. That's where you got the 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 plastic uh, dispenser. That's right. Yeah. And then there was one other expansion where it just added more like potions more and stuff potions. like that. Yeah. Uh, Gizmos only had a promo pack, which uh, was like a tabletop day or something like that. Yeah. Well, back in the day, remember those? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, minimum number of plays for the full experiences, they're pretty much the same. The only difference is really just going through the, the cards. Yeah. It's going to take a little bit to get through the cards in Gizmos. Sure. Uh, potion Explosion, you pick and choose which potions you want to use in there because you have to use mm -hmm. a certain amount of basics and uh, advance and stuff like that. Right. So I think at minimum, if, uh, out of the base box, it's going to be like two plays. This way you can see all the potions and how right. their special powers work. But yeah, no, they're... The potion Explosion does also, even though it ha it can handle a larger player count with the expansion, mm -hmm. it still has an overall hold. It takes a, a bit longer. Longer, than, yeah. Than, than Gizmos, Gizmos, yeah. Not insanely. No, I, I'm talking like both, maybe 15 minutes if, more. If you play both games at four players, they're within 15 to 20 minutes Probably, with each yeah. other at a full expense. Yeah. The, the only thing... Negligible amount. Uh, since it, I mean, it's not in this one. We were talking about it earlier in the Meaningful Choice. The other thing, potion explosion could lead to more, a little bit more AP. Yeah, because sure. um, just for the long lines, like, well, I can do that, or I can do that, and I can do that. So, and the thing is, you can't really plan out your turn in either of these games. No, um, you have to plan your turn when it when, when it turn. comes a turn. And so it's like you're just sitting there, and then then you have to look at the board, and it's just much easier because there's only one line mm -hmm. for um, gizmos, but. That and that's the only thing when we're talking about like the AP in this one, it can make potion explosion just seem a little bit longer because you have to read. I think it's like four or five different lines. Which one is going to give me the best explosion that I need to do? Absolutely. So, other than that, I think they're both pretty good at, on the replay value too. So. Absolutely. Yeah, very much. So let's talk about um, who would we recommend these games for? Yeah. Like, because this is really the point of our our broadcast, right? Mm -hmm. Why we do this? Why we're comparing contrasts for? What is the likelihood, or what kind of gamers, or what kind of people, what kind of uh, people that are looking for that experience are going to come to either of these games? And I think the ones that are, like I said, grew up non-gamers, mm -hmm. playing app games, maybe younger kids, yeah. I think definitely my recommendation would be Potion Explosion. Yeah, and I agree with that. And also, uh, Potion Explosion... Heck, we didn't even mention this because I know you're not a fan of the series and stuff like that. But for people who grew up on like Harry Potter or something like that, sure. you're making potions and stuff like okay. that. That that theme itself is gonna lend itself to get more people into it. Yeah. Compared to hey, you're building an engine. Hey, okay, let me get my mechanic brother to play this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I know a guy who's an engineer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he'll like this. One. Uh, but. That one is more my recommendation for the lighter family aspect of things. But if, for me, when it comes to, like, gizmos, if you want something that has a lot of choice, but you don't want to play something super light. Right. Uh, so, say, you want to introduce your kids to an engine building, as I mentioned earlier. Or if you want to show people, all right, you like Catan. Let me show you gizmos and see how this works. Right. Or people who are coming from, say, something like Wingspan, because Wingspan got a lot of new people into the hobby. If you like how that works, let me show you a simpler way to play certain games. Yeah. Uh, this is another one. That I think for like people... Or either... if you're interested in those games, how yeah. can... like This is the first step you should take, take before yeah. you get into those bigger games. So, and you'll still have a very enriching experience. Yeah, so I would say gizmos is probably for people who are in the hobby or want to be in the hobby or just coming into the hobby this is where you show them for this next type of mechanisms because you got people who 
who are just started with like say deck builders or say like a dominion yeah, deck or builders are great examples, uh, so. uh ascension or any of those deck builders say the star wars deck building game they, yeah. they came into that because they're a big star wars fan they're like hey i like the way this works all right let me show you gizmos it's not really thematic like that other one is right but it has a lot of the same concepts where you're building yes. engines and you're building up what you need to do to make your more efficient stuff like that cool awesome so we again we hope you guys figured that out uh, if you were interested in either of these games or were torn between the two trying mm -hmm. to figure out which ones should i do that i know they're not newest to the market like we try to aim for but um hopefully this helps clarify that for you there's reasons to like both of these games yeah both you and i own both, both of them game, yeah. for a reason and it's not just because gizmos is designed by one of our favorite, favorite designers this is one of my favorite games of him, From him this yeah. is one of the reasons he is my favorite if you if designers. you watched our live playthrough of gizmos this was highly rated for yes. us i think it was like in the top five. Oh, easily for both easily. yeah yeah this is one of both of our favorites from him yeah so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you ever want to reach out to us and contact us directly as we're ending our episode today mm -hmm. please reach out uh whether it's to give us ideas for future episodes uh, whether it's to enter in possible future contests or even just to reach out and say hi, email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And as, as always, all video re-uploads are found on YouTube under youtube.com slash at everydayboardgamespodcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. And if you want to join us on one of our live episodes... We love it when people join, especially our friend Illuminous, who joined us today, and anybody else who just tuned in to watch us as we film this live. We film every Monday currently right now. Um, times may change, mm -hmm. but we try to do Monday evenings on twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. And all audio versions found or is found on most podcast platforms podcast platform i don't know why i always have trouble with that uh, under everyday board games podcast this includes spotify google amazon music podbean and apple so we want to thank you so much for tuning in as always i've been your host daniel and i've been your host daniel and we want to thank you for listening to everyday board games and remember every day is a good day for board gaming